Thank you for taking your time and sacrificing your time for Jesus. Amen. And for God. It means everything. And one day it's going to mean the world. Amen. It really does. I know sometimes people think, well, it doesn't. They don't even know if I'm not there. Well, we know when you're not here. We miss you. But more importantly, God knows when you're not here, right? Amen. Yeah, it's important for us to really give our time back to Jesus because He gave everything for us. So thank you for being here. Um, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you tonight as you bow your head with me. This is found in a very, very familiar passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Just going to continue in living in the overflow. Got a, a few uh, messages here for that about just four different type, four different messages. And tonight it's just simply unleash your maximum potential. If you and I are going to live in the overflow of God, we've got to unleash the maximum potential that God has placed in us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us, entraps us, and let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us to reach our maximum potential is what the writer of Hebrews is teaching the church of that day and that God is proclaiming us to, to us today. We all have potential, but we've got to be willing to unleash that maximum potential in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you, God, once again for the privilege of being in your house. Lord, we just thank you for your presence that we've already been talking about today and already been singing to you about. It's just so awesome. God, to honor and worship You and be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's such a blessing. Father, I just pray that as we continue, Lord, in this service, that You would continue to be lifted up and edified through all that's done and said. I pray, Lord, that as we do that and lift up Your great name, Lord, that You would pour out Your presence on Your children. Yes. And God, that each one that's here tonight would be edified and uplifted as well by Your presence, by Your love. And Father, we'll thank You and praise You for that. God, we thank You, Lord, for what You've laid on our hearts, that we need to live in the overflow. And one of the ways to do it is just to unleash that potential that You've placed in each one of us. See, God, You see the potential in us, even when we don't see it, when nobody else around us sees it. You know the potential because You made us, You created us. You told us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, we were perfectly made to carry out Your plan in this world through the lives that we're going to live. And the only way we'll do it is to unleash that potential. So we ask God that you would be pleased with what's said and done tonight. And may you be glorified once again in the precious name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Let's praise Him one more time before we take our seats. We'll dismiss our young people this time, their teachers. Man, it's so good to see you. I just wish y'all could see what I see. It's so awesome to see all those young people go back to the classrooms. We are blessed in this church to have some wonderful young people. Amen? Wonderful young people. We certainly are, so just thankful for each one of them. Unleash your maximum potential. I read to you Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I want to read it to you one more time here. The writer says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he said, Let us... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And simply put, unleashing that maximum potential. If we're going to do that, we've got to lay aside the things that hinder us and hold us back. Can I get an amen? amen. Right, see, those things are simply anchors. They're not anchors in a good way like Jesus is, anchoring in our faith in Him. These are ankles that are anchors rather that, that we throw out, right, that hold us back. They, they cause us to drag in this life and never truly reach our potential. Those anchors look like different things to all of us, right? S some things that may be anchoring you and I down and holding us back, right? The writer said, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Some of those weights that anchor for you may be. It may, be, it, it may be monetary, right? You may be having difficulty in your finances and it's weighing you down. A lot of people struggle with finances. Do you know that's the number one reason for divorce in households in America? Finances. It really is. That's crazy, isn't it? Some people in here, may, the anchor may be, you know, you're just struggling in your relationship. 
There's a lot of folks that are struggling in relationships, whether they're marriage relationships, whether they're boyfriend and girlfriend, fiancés, right, or whatever it may be. Some people struggle in their relationships with their families, right? Their moms, their dad, their brothers, their sisters. All of these are anchors. Some people, they struggle with their jobs. That might be holding some people back from reaching their fullest potential in God, right? I got to pay my bills, so I got to have a job, right? And, and then, we, we, then we get two jobs or three jobs, right? We're working all the time. And because we're doing that, it's anchoring us down and we're not able to reach our fullest potential in God. For some people, it may be, it may be an addiction to something. Uh, it, it could be a lot of different things. Whatever it is, you know what your anchor is, right? And it's tough enough to walk in this life, right, and continue to press toward the mark, as Jesus said. But when you got an anchor that you've tossed out, it makes it even more difficult, right? Because that thing's dragging the bottom and it's just pulling you back, right? So it just seems like you work so hard during your day and you only move that far, right? The, the energy that it takes you to move that far, it just wears you out in a day's time and you look back and say what? I don't think I got nothing accomplished today, right? I don't feel like I moved an inch closer to God today. Well, the reality is you probably didn't, right? You probably didn't get a lot done that day because the anchor was holding you back. You probably didn't get real close to God because, again, that anchor is holding you back. Every time you'd want to step closer to God, you had to reach back and pull on that chain to get the anchor to come back a little bit, uh, get, get it to come forward a little bit more, right? And so those things anchor us down. So the writer here is simply telling them, you know, in order for us to reach our fullest and our maximum potential in Christ, we've got to lay aside these weights and these, these things that ensnare us, that hold us back or that dig in and keep us from getting to where we're going. Here's what happens with the anchor. The anchor becomes bigger than our faith. The anchor becomes bigger than our God, right, in our minds. You know, we can't focus on anything else but the anchor, right? And so if that's all we're focusing on, it becomes the focal point in our lives. Henceforth, it becomes un un unmanageable, right? It becomes controlling it, the old ball and chain, right? That's what it becomes, feel like you can't go anywhere without carrying it around with you. And it's so hard to, to, to focus on God when you've got this weight sitting on you. This is why Jesus said that he came to set the captive free. Is that right? And he went on to say that if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. So let me speak to the Christians today. So if you're here today and Jesus has saved you or you've been saved by God through the blood of Jesus Christ, then you've been set free. So we can truly live in what He said. You can be free because He set you free. We don't have to continue to carry the anchor around. The key here is we're carrying the anchor. Jesus already set you free. See, here's what happened. Imagine this. We're walking along and this thing is tugging on us and we're trying to get to our fullest potential in God and this thing's holding us back and we, we just struggle every day and finally we say, Lord, I need your help. And what does He do? We sing that song, He's a chain breaker, right? So He snaps the chain and then we're free. And you know what happens? We only go so far because we still think the chain's got us. We've, had, we've been held down so long by the chain that when you let us go, we still don't go no further than where we did when we had the chain. Amen? Amen. That's, the Bible said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. you got to retrain your mind to say, you can go further than right here now because you're set free. Take a step and trust God. Amen? And see, and once you take that step, it becomes easy to reach your maximum potential. I had a dog one time. His name was Pete. He was a golden retriever. Got him as a puppy. I lived on a major highway, and my dad owned a grocery store, so there was a, a lot of, um, uh, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? There was some, um, if that dog would have got loose and bit somebody, you know, I, there was a liability issue, right? So I had to keep him, keep him tied up or pinned up, and I didn't want to keep him, I, I put him on a long cable. I'll never forget, the cable was probably as long as for me to back there where Brother Danny is in the sound room. Long cables, I wanted him to be able to run. And... Um, so we put him on his cable, and he would just run and run and run, and my sister would get on her little, little uh, four-wheeler, or she'd get on her, her, her golf cart or whatever she's getting on, and she would just run beside old Pete and take off, and he'd run with everything in him, and guess what happened? He'd get to the end of that, end of that line, and his feet would come up, and you could hear him, ooh, like that, and his feet would come up, and he'd just pull him back, you know? And he would do that over and over and over, and my sister thought it was funny, so if I wasn't out there, she was doing it. You know, she thought it was pretty cool to see if he's going to do it again, you know. 
And it's the, the strangest thing. When I would go out there and let him off, the, off the, the line to let him just run out there in the weekend when nobody was at the store, he would run and you'd watch him. He'd get to the end of that line where that line was. He knew where it was. It's done got him enough times. He would sprint wide open. And then when he got right there, man, he put the air brakes on. And he would just stop. And I would have to get out there and say, come on, Pete, come on. And then he would look back and he'd ease toward me. You know, once he realized he was off of it, man, he was gone. Is that right? But that's the way it is with you and I in our spiritual lives, right? We're, we've been attached to this anchor for so long that when God releases us, we still don't push forward and reach our full potential because we keep looking back at the anchor. We keep looking back at it. We see it and we're like, there it is again. And we don't even realize that we're not attached to it. So I want to talk to you about it tonight. If we're going to live in the overflow of God, we've got to reach our maximum potential in God in order to do that. So the writer tells them, lay aside the weights and the sins, those anchors that so easily ensnare you or hold you back. I want to break down maximum potential for you. The definition of maximum is the greatest or highest amount that can possibly be attained. The highest or maximum amount that can possibly be attained. How many of you here have, all, have been guilty of the same thing I have? And I know what we mean by it. But those of you that are math majors in here, you will correct us every time. Here's what we'll say. Brother Damien, you out there swinging that club, you got to give it 110%. There's no such thing. You can't give it 110%. All you can give it is what? 100%. Right? So maximum simply means giving it all you got, which is 100%. We can't give more than what we've got, but God don't ask us to give more than what we got. He just asks us to give what He gave us. Can, you, can I say that one more time? God never asks us to give more than what we've got. We don't have to give 110%. Only give what He gave you, right, which is enough. Right? It's maximum. It's 100%. Just give what God gave us. Don't give more than what He gave us. So maximum means the greatest or highest amount that you can possibly attain 100%. Potential means having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something of value, right? So having, having or showing the capacity to do so, to develop that which you are trying to achieve. You have the ability. You have the capacity. What I really hate to hear people say sometimes, it recently disturbed me with my kids, is when they would say, I can't do that, right? Or I'm not built that way, right? And I understand what we're saying. But you're never, never going to know what your maximum potential is if you never max it out. Is that right? If you never give it all you got, you're never going to know what your maximum capacity is. Right? It's true. You're never going to know. Spud Webb was a basketball player in my time. Spud Webb was shorter than my mama. Spud was about 5'4", if I remember correctly. Anybody here five foot four? Stand up, Sister Heather. Five foot four. Five four. A basketball goal is ten feet tall. Did you know that Spud Webb won the slam dunk contest in the NBA one year? At five foot four. I was going to bring the goal in here and have Sister Heather demonstrate slamming a basketball. But we couldn't get it in the door. No. But now, when you looked at Spud Webb and all his life, I'm sure he was told, you're, when he said, I'm going to be an NBA basketball player, how many people you think laughed at him? Five foot four. He's playing against people that are six foot seven, six foot eight, seven foot, six five. Spud Webb was not only a good basketball player, but he was, he was a NBA all-star. He was one of the best basketball players of his time at five foot four. He was fast. He could shoot. And the man could jump. His feet would be that high off the ground and slam the basketball. I, I'm almost six foot, and I jump about that high. <laughs> I can touch the net. That's about it, right? But he, he maximized his greatest potential and achieved that that God had given him, right, to do what he did. 
So we have potential. All of us have potential. We just doubt ourselves. See, God never doubts you. God made you, as I said to you, so you're fearfully and wonderfully made. We, we, live, we live in the glass instead of the saucer, the overflow, because we doubt our potential in Christ. Jesus said, if you remember correctly, He said that we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. Right? Simply put, if you and I will tap into Him, then we will reach our maximum, our maximum potential because we plugged into the power source. Right? See, the problem with a lot of us is, is we're walking around and we have left the instruction manual. Right? Which tells us how to unleash this potential. Jesus already knows it. God told us we're fearfully and wonderfully made, as I said to you earlier. Right? But we doubt it. And here's what's worse. Sometimes we let other people around us remind us that we have no potential. Or here's what you may hear. You have already reached your maximum potential. Right? Especially if you're in here and you got a lot of gray hair in your head, your head like I do. Most people look at us and say, well, they're about over anyway. Their time is up, right? Did you ever anybody say that? What more can they add to what's already going on? A lot, right? Because if you're breathing, you have not reached your maximum potential, right? I told you all Sunday, I'm going to give you an illustration. We're going to preach. We're not going to preach. We're going to celebrate Granny Hall's life Saturday. She was a child of God, loved the Lord. And she said to me many times, I have no idea why I'm still here. She wanted to go. She was ready to go. Granny, Granny begged God to take her many, many years. She's ready to go. And, and, but, but I'd always tell her, I said, well, Granny, you're here for a reason. And she said, that's right. And she'd always say, but I'm blessed to be here. And however God, long God wants me to be here, I'm going to be here. And I told you all Sunday, there was a fellow sitting back where Sister Jean is. And his name is Brandon. And his family was with him. He's a nurse at the nursing home there. And he got to know Granny Hall. And lo and behold... On the day before, or two days before she passed away, he walked in and started talking about his relationship with God. We talked to him many times, never talked to him about his relationship with God. It was always about Granny, how she's doing, all those things. And before you know it, we started talking about the Lord. And she talked to him many times about the Lord. Granny, you weren't going to be around her five minutes. She's going to ask you where you stood with God. That's the way it was. If she was to her right mind and could speak, that, she was going to ask you that question. And he said, he told us, he began to tell us that he came in and he prayed for her the night before when he gave her medicine to her. And I told him, I said, well, that's awesome. I said, Granny's a praying woman. She loved to pray. I said, I know it comforted her. And he said, I'm going to pray with her tonight too when I give her medicine. And then he started telling us his story and how he had gotten saved and he had an alcohol addiction. And he couldn't, he couldn't get past it. He said, I thought I'd never be a nurse. He's in his 40s. And he said, I thought I'd never become a nurse. He said, I never took God serious until I got in a recovery program. In the recovery program, he said, I gave my heart to the Lord. And he said, I started taking God serious. Right? And, and, and then he began to talk. You could see God lighting up in his eyes. And you know how it is with all of us. You start talking about church, we all in. And Sister Kim was there. She'd visited Granny from Tennessee. And she just started telling him about our church. She, and Christy said, where do you go to church? And he said, well, we're looking for church. And boy, Kim dove in. Head first, man. And she was, she was telling him about the G3 experience. And before you know it, he came back and he said, I'll see y'all Sunday. And he was here Sunday. Amen. 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 Granny still was reaching her fullest potential. That's right. Amen. Days before she died, she hadn't reached the maximum potential in her life. All the way up till she left this world, she was witnessing for Jesus, man. Amen. Right? Reach your fullest. It don't matter how old you are. Right? We still got opportunity to reach our fullest potential in God and live in the overflowing of God. Let's look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. We're going to talk about this overflow here and this fullest potential. The Bible says here in, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, And it came to pass, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he, speaking of Jesus, stood by the lake of Genesaret. This is on the Sea of Galilee. And he said he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were, were, were washing their nets. Jesus had been speaking to the multitude, but there were so many people trying to gather around him to hear him that he couldn't, he couldn't, they, they all couldn't see him, they couldn't hear him. So he approaches these guys about getting in a boat so he could get off the shore to talk to these people. Verse 3, it said, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, which we know later it was Peter. 
and asked him to put, out a little, put, put his boat out a little further away from the land. And he sat down, Jesus did, and taught the multitudes from the boat. In verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, remember I told you that means teacher, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. They could not contain the number of fish that they were catching. So they signaled to the other boat which their partners had, had operated. And he told them to come and to help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. So when Jesus got through talking to the multitudes, he had a plan. See, Peter and James and John, which are the other two guys that were in the other boat, the sons of Zebedee, if you remember, sons of thunder is what his name means, Zebedee. These guys, they were sitting there, and Jesus said to them, hey, I want you to go back out with me, and I want you to launch out a little bit deeper, and we're going to go fishing. Now, these fellows, these were very good fishermen. They had done it all their lives, it appears. They'd been fishing all day, and Peter tells him, or Simon says to him, Lord, we've been fishing all day. There ain't no fish out there. They're not, or at least they're not biting today. And, but he said, but nevertheless, if you want us to go back out there, we're going to go. See, Jesus knew the fullest potential in these guys, and it had nothing to do with physical fish. He was talking about catching men and women, right? Fishers of men. He saw the full potential in these guys. Right? It wasn't just fish, fishermen of fish. He wanted to fish for people. And so he tells them to cast out a little bit deeper, and then he wanted them to cast their nets, so they do. And of course, we see that they grab this big multitude of fish. There's three points I want to make tonight for you when we're talking about reaching our fullest potential. Three things that stood out here that Jesus pointed out to them in how that they were going to reach their fullest potential and how you and I are going to reach our fullest potential. The first thing that Jesus said to Simon was, launch out into the deep. Go out a little bit deeper. See, you and I have to be willing to go further than we've ever been before. We've got to stretch our spiritual, our spiritual nets, if you will. See, most of us are comfortable going a certain distance, right? We're comfortable going here with God, or we're comfortable going here with God, and we'll push so far, but there's a spot in there where we don't feel comfortable going any further because we've never been there before. See, when Jesus looked at Simon that night, and he looked at Zebedee, and, or I'm sorry, James and John, he wanted them to go further than they've ever been. He wanted to show them that there's more that they can do rather than what they've always done. If you're sitting here today, what you've done for Jesus is awesome. But there's so much more to what you can do for Him than what you're doing. Amen? There's more that I can do, more than anybody can do. But we've got to be willing to go further, right? You've got to be willing to launch out. He told them, launch out into the deep. See, they were just off the edge of the water, and they'd been there many, many times. They've probably been out in the deep, right? They've been out there many times. But these are fishermen that are using nets. So most of the time, if you're going to catch fish with nets, you're going to have to be close to the bank, right? The fish are going to, they're going to come up right close to the bank. You throw your net out there, and it can settle down on them. You can catch them. If they're out there in the deep, and they, you, know, you throw it out there, and the thing's starting to settle, they probably can see that and get out of the way in time. These were not just novice fishermen. They knew what they were doing. But Jesus said, look, I'm going to take you beyond what you've always known. I'm going to take you beyond what everybody says is the way that you should do it, and I'm going to show you a new way. Amen? Is that right? The Bible teaches us that all things are new in Christ Jesus. Is that right? Here's where we get hung up. Here's why we don't reach our maximum potential sometimes. Because we'll start arguing with God that it's not possible because we've done it this way for years and we ain't seen any results. You ever done that? I keep over and over doing these same things, right? I keep over and over trying to do this and trying to rebuild my relationship. I'm over and over going to different recovery programs. I keep on over and over, right? Whatever your anchor was that we talked about earlier. And so because we don't see the results, we just think there's no way. We don't think there's any other way, right? What we're doing is we're getting in the boat. Praise God, at least we got a little bit of a little bit of umption, right, to get in the boat. That takes a lot of courage to get in the boat to realize that I've got to do something different than what I'm doing. And then at least we push off the land a little bit and we go out a little bit and we, and we start doing something. So at least we're doing something. 
But that's as far as we want to go because this is what I've always done. And, and I don't see results, so what's the point in doing anything else? Maximum potential, overflow, is not just off the bank. It's out there in the deep. It's out there where you're not used to going, where you've never been before, where you can't even see it. Amen? That's called faith. What did he say? For we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Maximum potential is found in faith, not in sight. You with me? Potential is in sight. Come on now. Potential is in sight. We can see that there is potential, but maximum potential is out of this world. Amen? It's in God's world. It's beyond you and I. We just got to trust Him and do what He said. Simon said, at your word, just because you asked, I'm going to do it. Is that right? We don't always got to understand, but you got to have faith. Amen? You got to have faith. George Michaels had it right. Amen? Come on, somebody. I ain't the only heathen in the building. Is that right? You got to have faith, faith, faith. Come on now. Right? You got to have faith. It takes faith to move mountains. It takes faith, right, to call down fire from heaven. It takes faith to see somebody healed. It takes faith to see families restored. It takes faith. Amen? Faith. You can't put your hands on it. You can't fathom it. You're never going to be able to, to, to come up with a, a formula which describes it. It is undescribable. You cannot, you cannot describe what faith does. It just does it. Amen? When you have faith, it just happens. These guys have been fishing all day, caught nothing. Sight. But, but when they reached their maximum, it was in faith. Just because you said so. We're going to trust you, Lord. All right, we're going out there. Toss these things out, and you know what happened. Right? The nets filled, but not just filled, but they filled to the point that they were going to burst. So if you and I are going to reach our fullest potential in God, and we're going to achieve living in that overflow, <clears throat> we've got to launch out into the deep. We've got to be willing to go further than we've ever been before. Stretch ourselves spiritually. We've got to be like, y'all remember them old Stretch Armstrongs? When I was a kid, I had a stretch Armstrong, and we had a stretch Hulk. We had both of them things. And man, we wanted to see what his fullest potential was. <laughs> see, me and my sister, we were, we were destructive kids. We didn't just stretch him and go, oh, ain't that cool, and let him go. No, 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 no. We stretched that dude until the jelly came out. Y'all with me? We did. We grabbed a hold of one arm, she grabbed the other arm, and we, put, we took off through the house until that arm come off. And that's how we learn what Stretch Armstrong was made out of. Amen? Y'all probably done that too, didn't you? Yeah. So we realized what his fullest, his maximum potential was. In our house, it was from the living room to the kitchen. Maximum potential. Your house, it might have been something different. Right? So you got to be willing to stretch yourself beyond what you're used to being stretched spiritually. Stretch yourself to the point that you and I break. Amen? We stretched those stretched arms on to the point that he broke, and we said, oop, that's it. Right? we got to stretch ourselves to the point, spiritually speaking, where we break. And that's a good thing. Because when we break, God steps in. Amen? When you go as far as you can go, then God grabs a hold of it, and he begins to stretch it. Amen? You with me? Secondly, if we're going to reach our fullest potential, our maximum potential in God, and live in that overflow, the second thing that he tells them is, let down your nets. You have to first cast your net if you, are ever going, if, if, you are, if you are ever going to lay hold on what you are hoping for. You can sit back all day long. Peter could have sat there all day long. And he could have went out in the deep. And when Jesus said, let down your nets or cast your nets, had he never casted the net, he was never going to see his fullest potential. He never saw the nets full. He could have went out there with Jesus. He could have got all the way out there. He could have been sitting there, right? And he could have told some people after that was all said and done. Man, I went, I mean, I went deep with Jesus. Man, we went all the way out in places we'd never been before. And you know how you build that up, right? You talk to somebody about how, how church service was. 
And they said, man, we got there and we walked into church service and they were playing music and man, the Spirit of God was following that place. It was awesome. And then, and then the Word of God was given. Man, we were feeling God and, and man, we were right there with Jesus. And then they just stopped. And you're like, what happened next? And they're like, we took up an offering and we went home. Man, you, you're up here and you're just all leaning in. You're like, man, something great just had to happen. Somebody got up from the dead, right? Something happened because they built it up so much. What happened is they got all the way out here with God, but they never cast the net. He took them all the way out there to where potential was, maximum potential, and then you just never tossed the net in. How many times do we go to church and God gets us to that place? Or how many times in your life you've been somewhere with Him, He gets you right to the edge, right? Right to where it's supposed to happen, and then we don't cast the net. See, in this story... It's important for us to realize Jesus didn't grab the net and throw it. He told them to throw it. He took them out to maximum potential, but they had to go get it. Amen? Amen? Come on, so I'm talking to somebody. Listen to me. If you're here today and you've been battling through some of these things and you're, you've been pulled down by anchors and you don't think you're ever going to get there, some of you are there. God has taken you there multiple times. Amen? See, He's a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and a hundred chances and a thousand chances. God will keep taking you out there if you keep getting in the boat. But the same thing is going to be said every single time. Do you want to reap the harvest? Do you really want to reach your maximum potential? If you do, cast your net. It takes courage to cast a net when you don't think there's going to be anything in there. Amen, somebody. Amen. That's Satan, one of Satan's greatest tools. He puts doubt in your mind and he says, hey, could you imagine Peter, James, and John? Here they are out here, especially Peter. He went out there first, right? And got, Jesus said to him, now cast your net. Now you know them old boys sitting on the bank over is going, look at this idiot. <laughs> He's been out there all day long and ain't caught nothing. He's going to go out there again. He's just a what? Glutton for punishment. So you know they were all standing on the bank going, we're going to laugh at him. Because he's going to throw that in there and he's going to pull it up and there ain't going to be nothing in it again. Right? So Satan's the same way. He watches you and I get to our fullest potential. He takes us right out there. And Jesus said, all right, it's right there. Throw your nets and I'll prove it to you. And we grab that net and all of a sudden we hear Satan go, don't do it. You know why he tells you that? The reason he tells you that is, is because he wants you to doubt, put the net down. Here's what else he'll do. Sometimes we'll take the net and we'll go, okay, I'm going to throw it this time. And so we'll get a hold of that. And if you've ever cast a fishing net, anybody ever done that? You can't cast that like a weenie. you got to be a man. You hear me? you got to grab that thing and you got when you throw it, you got to, I mean, you got to throw it because it's got to do what? Yeah, come on, somebody. It's got to open. Why does it have to open? So we can get the maximum that it's intended to get. So what Satan will do is, is he'll get on out there with you and sometimes instead of talking you out of it, he'll just say, well, go ahead and throw it. Go ahead and throw it. Go ahead and throw it. I'll show you. Ain't going to be nothing. You know? So what do we do? Oh, the Lord said trust him. Right? So, but we don't want to be let down again. Right? Time after time, right, we get let down. Time after time we get so far with God and then we just get let down. So what do we do? We take a little net and we go. Right? We just, and it just falls off the boat. Right? Just goes straight down. So we can say we cast it. But when you pull it back up, it never opened to catch anything. Right? It takes courage to get in the boat. It takes courage to go further out there in the deep where you've never been before. And it takes courage when everybody else is looking at you going, you know, they're watching you. They want to see what, what's fixing to happen. They want to see what makes you better than they are. Isn't that right? Some people say, who do you think you are? Right? I've been trying to get deliverance from, uh, from drugs for years. What? What makes you think you're going to get it? And I didn't, right? People, I mean, people say stuff like, right? Satan gets in people's minds. And so when we get out there, it takes a lot of courage to get there, but it takes even more courage to no matter what anybody's saying or what anybody's doing or whoever's looking to grab that thing, man, and throw it. What do you have to lose? That's right. Let me ask you a question. If you throw it out there and nothing happens, are you any worse than what you were? Nope. No. So why not try it? Try everything else. Is that right? I mean, we'll try everything. I mean, we'll call our psychiatrist, and you should, there's nothing wrong with that. You'll call your psychologist, and again, nothing wrong with that. You'll call your grandmom and your aunt and your uncle and your preacher, nothing wrong with all that. It's good to get people around you to help you. 
We'll spend all kinds of money. We'll do all kinds of things. And we'll, we'll, we'll cast our nets and all those things. But when it comes time to cast and trust God, we just got a problem with that. And I don't know why. Right? It's just Satan. But if you and I right, are ever going to get to that place where we reach our fullest potential, we've got to let down our nets. We, we, we've got to cast that net or we're never going to get anything. You've heard Pastor Keith say this many times. If you always do what you've always done and expect, a, and expect different results, what is that? Insanity. Because if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. Is that right? Same old thing. You've got to cast your net. You've got to throw it out there. Get out there in the deep. Reach your fullest potential. Cast your net. And watch God do what He's going to do. Third. There's the third thing that happened here. He said, Jesus said to them, come on out here, cast your net. And when they did, this fisherman, Simon, was amazed. And he said he signaled to his partners in the other boat for help. Here's the third thing you got to do. You, gotta, you and I have to recognize that we cannot achieve our dreams, our goals, our fullest potentials by ourselves. Right, right? We must lean on someone or something else in order for that help. And we all know who it is. Jesus. We cannot do it by ourselves. Listen to me. You cannot reach your fullest potential in God without Jesus. It's not possible. He is, he is the key that unlocks the door. Right? You see what I'm saying? He, he's the match to your dynamite stick. He, he's the igniter. He's the one that's going to make it happen. You and I can get so far, but without Him, you're never going to get there. See, He taught them, go out deeper, Trust me, I'll bless you indeed, but I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless you because I'm with you. You can't do it by yourself. And he shows them, now you've got to call them other guys to come help you. You can't do this by yourself. And so the lesson here is, is we can't do it by ourselves. We must call on someone else, and who better to call on than Jesus himself? Amen? Amen. Amen. So if we're going to reach our maximum potential, we must do these three things. It's not possible or plausible. It's not going to happen if we don't. Everybody in this room, look around at everybody just real quick. I know I have y'all look at people all the time. Everybody in here has potential. Amen. Everybody. There's, there's no big eyes and little U's here. There's no big eyes and little U's in God's house. Right? We're just little potential pods. Amen? That's what we are. We're just sitting here, right, full of potential. And what's happening is, is we're just kind of wasting away our potential. It's almost like, do y'all remember the little rascals? Y'all remember that time they thought that goat ate that dynamite stick? <laughs> y'all remember that? The goat had potential, baby. Is that right? I mean, at any moment, the goat could have went boom, and all of them were dead. Y'all remember that? Hilarious. Winds up, dude never ate, never ate, the, never ate it. But they didn't think, they didn't know that. They thought he had ate the dynamite stick. Y'all mean, I mean, it, I think there was one of them on Andy Griffith too, was it not? I think so. Now he did eat the dynamite, that's right. It wasn't no think, right? So there was great potential that that little fella could change the world. Little goat, right? And all of us in here are little dynamite sticks, and all of us have potential to change the world. We just need Jesus to ignite it. Amen. Right? We, we, we've, got to, we've got to press out a little further. We've got to have the confidence to cast that net. We've got to trust in somebody other than ourselves. Right? And when you do that, I promise you, you'll reach your fullest potential. That's right. He will light us on fire. Amen. What does the Bible say? Stir up the gift of God that's within us. Is that right? Yeah, you shake it. Like that old goat, you shook that old boy, boom. Right, you start shaking dynamite and things are going to happen. True. So that's where you and I are. We're full of potential. I want to read to you Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, and I'm going to tell you a quick story. This is Paul talking to the church at, at uh, Philippi. And he's talking about really here, this, this, these... Three verses are all about maximum potential. Paul said, Not that I have already attained or achieved, or I am already perfected, he said, not, not, not those things, but I press on 
that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Right? I haven't reached my fullest potential, but I am going to press on. I'm going to go out a little bit deeper until I lay hold on that potential. He said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things, those anchors, forgetting that weight that's holding me back. He said, I don't know everything, but he said, one thing I do, i got to forget about those things which are behind and start reaching forward to those things which are ahead of me. Amen. Amen? i got to take my eyes off the anchor and start looking at the anchor of my faith. Amen? Amen. Quit looking at what's anchoring in this world and look to the anchor of your faith, which is Jesus. Right? He said, i got to press toward that. i got to lay hold on Him. He said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward or high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He recognized his maximum potential, but he also recognized it had to be done with Christ. Trust in him, right? Launch out deeper. Have the courage to, 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 to cast that net to go get what he told you is there and trust him and be with him and he'll do everything he said he would do. Maximum potential. Not everybody thinks that you have potential. Did you know? Colonel Harland Sanders, the, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, was fired from a variety of jobs before he started his chicken business. Multiple jobs. He was 40 years old when he, when he started cooking chicken in his roadside shell service station in 1930. He took more than a decade to perfect his secret recipe, and during that time he was set back by the Great Depression, fires, and World War II. But Colonel Sanders didn't let anything or anyone defeat him. Finally, his chicken got popular, but listen, he still was rejected more than 1,000 times before finding a partner that would partner with him to launch Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's a reason that man is old on that bucket. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't because he just looked better at that age. It took him most of his life to reach his fullest potential as what you and I know today as at that time the second largest food chain in America. Amen? All his life before he ever reached the fame that you and I know today. And you know, he didn't really get to enjoy a lot of it because he was old. But he reached his fullest potential. And age didn't stop him. People didn't stop him. Wars didn't stop him. Famines didn't stop him. Fires didn't stop him. Nothing stopped him from reaching his fullest potential. All of us have potential. You just got to be willing to unleash it through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no other way. You can't be saved without Jesus. You can't be delivered from whatever it is that's anchoring you down without Jesus. And you're never going to be successful in this life without Jesus. Period. We'll just have moments of glory. right? I'm writing that book I told y'all. Moments of glory. But with Christ, we don't have moments of glory. We're with the glory of God. Amen. Always. Amen. Jesus. Amen? And we reach our fullest potential. I want to pray with you here today. and I love this series that God's given me. Y'all pray that He'll let me finish it. But man, there's so much more to God and that overflow in God is where you and I need to be, right? That's the blessed blessing. It really is, as we said Sunday. And all of us have the ability to get there and live in that place, but we have got to get our minds made up and be determined to reach our fullest potential. You know what one of the greatest tragedies in this life is? You know what it is? Let me explain it to you. I've had the privilege of being beside a lot of people's deathbed, talking to them and praying with them. I've had the privilege of preaching a lot of people's home-going services. And one of the greatest tragedies in life is to see somebody that passes away knowing that they did not reach their fullest potential. It's one of the biggest wastes and biggest tragedies the world has ever known. See, God gave us life not to look good. He didn't give us life just so we can have a great time, although He did want us to have a great time. And you are beautiful to God and your mama if nobody else thinks so. 
But He gave us life so that we could reach our fullest potential. Why? That God would receive glory and that people would be saved. Amen. You with me? When we reach our fullest potential in God, that's what's happening. When we plug into Jesus and we're starting to reach our maximum capacity with Him, our maximum potential, you'll start leading people to Christ. You'll be edifying the Father, right, in all that you do. But I know so many, I've watched their lives. And the Bible says you know the fruit that they bear. And it's so sad when you look at them and think, what did they achieve? One of my biggest fears is that I'm going to die one day. And somebody's going to be preaching my funeral. Brother Keith, if he outlives me. And would it be awful if he looked at me and said, well, Mark lived. Right? He made a few mops. Made a few boards. Right? Done a few good things. but And that's it. Right? I mean, wouldn't it be awful? I have a great fear that I'm going to die and I'm not going to finish what God intended me to finish. I talk to Pastor Keith about it all the time. I know it freaks him out. Because there's times I'm thinking, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I mean, is this it? I worry about it, right? I feel like I should be doing something else. Right? Or maybe I, have I done what I'm supposed to do? I'm just telling you about Mark. Worries me. Because I remember the scripture. Right? The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do, God, do good and doeth it not, to him it's a sin. I get to thinking, oh my gosh. You know, have I reached my fullest potential? Am I doing all I'm supposed to do for God? What if I die and I don't achieve everything He wanted me to achieve? That ain't going to be good. <laughs> Amen? Because I can't go back and redo it. Right? I'm going to have to stand before Him one day and go, well, you know, uh, you know. And I'm not going to have a real good answer other than I just didn't do it. Is that right? And I'm probably going to come up with a bunch of excuses like, well, you know, Lord, I went out there with you, but I mean, you know. I just couldn't bring myself to do that because, I mean, I'd have to quit my job. Or I couldn't bring myself to do that because, I mean, I'd have to leave some of the friends I was hanging around. You know, or God, I, I couldn't do that because this, 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 right? That's going to be my answer, but you know what his answer is going to be? I mean, you know, you, did, you didn't achieve it all, Mark. You didn't do what I asked you to do. And in those words that he's going to say, I don't want to hear them. You know, I didn't know you. You know, it scares me to death. And so for you today, the same thing. Have you reached your maximum potential in God? If not, you can. Amen. It ain't too late. You're still breathing. You can get there. You just got to listen to him instead of listening to everything else going on around you. We need to have them blinders on like them old horses that are running in races, right? Put them blinders on so you can't see nothing else around you. We need earplugs so we can't hear nothing else that's being said. I thought about doing that one time when we first started the church. We were at the motorcycle church. One of the first messages that God laid on my heart, and I took a beating for it, and I never did do it. He really beat me up about it. He wanted, this is what he had me, he, he told me, so I want you to go buy a bunch of bandanas. I want you to stand at the back door. And when everybody comes in, I said, he said, I want you to hand them out a bandana. And he said, in the middle of your message, he said, I want you to tell everybody to put that bandana around their eyes and tie it real tight where they can't see. You know what I'm thinking. We ain't been to church long. People are going to think, this guy's going to rob us blind. <laughs> My mama drowned all the dumb ones, and I ain't putting that thing on. So I didn't do it because I was worried about what people would think. I don't know how many people didn't give their heart to Christ because of that. I took a beating over that. God chastised me greatly about that. So one day I'm probably going to do it again, so don't freak out. I'll try to get redemption. But the thought process was, what if we were blinded and we could not see what everybody else around us is doing? You couldn't see how people were worshiping. You could just hear. You couldn't see what sister such and such is doing on the front row. You couldn't see what brother such and such is doing beside you, behind you. Right? You couldn't see anything. You had to rely solely on what you heard and what you felt. I can promise you that would have been one heck of a church service because all our attention, our fullest attention would have been on Jesus because we couldn't see. Is that right? Well, today, what I'm asking you to do 
is spiritually put that on and quit looking at the anchor and quit listening to everybody around you and just focus on Jesus and what he's saying to you. See, if we'll get still enough, you'll hear the answer. He'll speak in your spirit what you should do. And if you'll just do it, I promise you, he won't let you down. He won't let you down. He'll fill your nets up to overflowing. And you'll be living in the overflow and not in the drip. Amen? The drip's nice when you're thirsty. But the overflow is wonderful. Because a drip just leaves you wanting more. But overflow, you never, ever empty. Amen? You're never empty. I want to pray with you tonight. If you're here tonight, let me just say this. Close your eyes with me. If you're here tonight and there's been an anchor holding you down and you know good and well it is and you feel that you've got great potential in God and you want, you want to be free from that anchor and you want to reach your fullest potential, a good start would be tonight. Remember what I told you? Get in the boat and get out deeper. This is your opportunity to spiritually get in that boat and step out deeper. Come on up here. Me and Pastor Keith, Pastor Damien, Pastor Ron, we're going to pray for you. Okay, we're going to lay hands on you. And we're going to anoint you. And we're going to pray that God would release and unleash your fullest potential. If that's you tonight, can you come right over here to my right? Stand right here. If you need that tonight, come on. Praise God. Come on. We'll pray for you. We got time. If that's you tonight, and the anchor's been holding you back, come on. Amen. Come on. Praise God.